This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on a very busy Tuesday, the last Tuesday of the month of November in the calendar year of 2022. We're live here on the Roku channel. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. If you're watching us for free on the Roku channel or you're listening to us on Sirius XM, the, uh, the, uh, the Odyssey feed, if you're listening to us on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, we appreciate that because this radio station is smart enough to have us, to be quite frank. Uh, if you're listening to us on our podcast, we appreciate that. Hit us with a subscribe button there. Same with our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We always uh, like when people are regulars around here. And if you're, you're, you're new here, uh, you missed a heck of a show yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Um, we've got a great one in store for you today. We've got two guests in the third hour. So uh, Matt Rule, uh, now of Nebraska Cornhuskers football, yep. will be on this program. And the actor Christopher McDonald will be here. Uh, Susan and I are loving his work currently in Hacks. He's in The Watcher with Rich Eisen show favorite Bobby Cannavale um, currently. And uh, my kids would know him as Shooter McGavin. So uh, he's here in studio hour number three. And uh, they are going to form the Rich Eisen Show counter-programming, if necessary, <laughs> to the United States taking on Iran. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to be paying attention. Uh, yeah, the, to, to, no, you won't be paying attention to the game, right, Chris? Because oh. the third hour yeah, that you're game. a part of the show, uh, not, you're yeah. on the broadcast here. Right. You're going to be lock, locked in, in to the... I'll be locked Show. in because I can't watch the game. I appreciate so that. I'm, Good. I'll be here. The United States taking on <laughs> Iran. If the United States wins, uh, oh hold on a minute. I'm sorry. If the United States win, you gotta you gotta use the proper language here. I hate that. By well, the I way. mean, no, because the, the name of the country is the plural name that we would normally call the moniker of the team that we root for. But but so like but the you name know, United is an, States the name is an it. It's not a there. United States is like say the Knicks. The Knicks are United States are in position to move on to the knockout round if they win. Uh, if, it, it, it's a, if Iran ties the United States, Iran moves on. Oof. And the United States is out. But I would proffer to say if the United States, prior to the World Cup, starting a week and a half ago, if the United States was told all you have to do is beat Iran and you move on to the knockout round, they would have signed the piece of paper on the spot, I think. So, um, two ties, one against Wales, one against England, has put the United States in a position to be winning and in the knockout round. And obviously, we will do our best to update you as conditions warrant on that as we get, re- we get ready for that. Uh, prior to that, Bruce Feldman's going to be here in studio, nice. hour number two, to talk college football, which we'll dive deep into uh, on this program. Uh, Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo in their usual spots. TJ Jefferson's been patiently waiting for me to say hello to him so he could light the candle. How are you, TJ? Well, I mean, I know you like the candle being lit. I do, I do so like the candle being lit. It's kind of like the Olympics. You can't have uh, any events without uh, the cauldron so being lit. So this is the official flame? It is, is in fact that, yes. About that. Yes, and that lighter actually was passed around the entire globe to by winding up your right hand in order to light the candle. I feel time. so special. It is that. <laughs> What's up, Bick? It is that. Um, we are... Uh, Let's just make sure I can confirm on this. Yeah, I can confirm. We're after Thanksgiving now. And um, so you can't wear the, white. Oh, wait, the famous phrase day. was from Bill Parcells always that this is when the season begins. 
in the NFL. Oh, I thought it was you are what your record is. Well, he was you are what you are. You know, always look at the man in the glass, right? The man in the mirror to figure out who you are. And I understand I'm asking it. him to change and, his And always, it, one of my favorite Parcells phrases is dropping your huggies. When, whenever a kid, a youngster performs well for the first time in a big game, uh, and becomes a veteran on the spot. He's dropped his huggies. For instance, let's just use it. For instance, uh, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, right? Dropped his huggies in the um, um, uh, horseshoe in Columbus. Dropped his huggies and then um, and then uh, decided to let everyone in Ohio State know what the true nuts look like. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty-four days. <laughs> TJ likes it. I know. I don't like it. I love it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, so the Parcells phrase that I'm referring to right now is is that the the season always begins at, on Thanksgiving, and um, and I understand what he always means by that because now is where rubber meets the road. All of your plans from mini camp and training camp and. And even in this day and age where there, there's not a lot of uh, hitting in training camp and then there's one fewer preseason game, which leads to more and more offenses taking more games than usually necessary to get moving and get more on the same page and all the phrases that you hear in the NFL. Now's the time. Like, we now know who needs to do what. We now know who hasn't done enough of something. We now know which teams have already proven themselves and now when the weather gets colder and the windows get tighter it's time to play some winning football and the matchups that say if these week 13 matchups happen in week two we'd have been like all right this is pretty good maybe some higher register ones or or like this would be great but you know it'd be better if it was in december or november for instance, uh, Bengals and, and Chiefs, right? right? Bengals and Chiefs, week three would have been, this is great. Now, week 13, okay. Let's go. Dolphins 49ers, week three would have been like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool that the new coach of the Dolphins is already visiting the uh, the team that he uh, he used to be part of the staff. All right, now week 13, now you know that the Dolphins are eight and three. And the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback now for... 11 weeks and they now lead the NFC West. Now that takes on a whole different ball of wax. You take a look at the standings as a matter of fact and rubbers meet and road in the AFC with the Chiefs. No Tyreek Hill, no big whoop, right? Nine and two. They won nine in their first 11 anyway. A loss to the Indianapolis Colts that will still be a head scratcher when the season's done, no matter what happens between now and the end of the season. Knock me out of Survivor, Rich. <laughs> I'm sure that did for a lot of people back in week number three. And, and then the Buffalo Bills in week six. But the Bills, despite coming up with that big win, have lost three games, including a couple in a row that a lot of people didn't see coming against the Jets, right? And then the Minnesota Vikings. And they're sitting at eight and three because the Dolphins beat them too. And the Dolphins are eight and three. What a surprise that is. The Titans have tightened up once again. They lead this division and they're going to print a playoff ticket pretty darn soon because the 
team that's closest to them is now four seven and one. The Ravens at seven and four, and the Bengals at seven and four. That's for the AFC North. The loser might make the wild card because you never know if the six and five Patriots and Chargers can get off the sniffing it list. And then there's the Jets surprising everyone at seven and four, arriving sooner in the wild card station. And a couple of weeks ago, had they beaten the Patriots in New England, they would have been in first place in the AFC East. Right now, they're the last wild card, and that's your AFC playoff picture. In the NFC playoff picture, you take a look at it, and it's been, I would say, the surprise team of the year. I saw the Eagles winning the East. I did not see them winning the East because they're the first member of the 10-win club by the end of November. And Jalen Hurts being an MVP candidate, we'll get to that in a moment. The Vikings, another surprise. We saw them win in week one against Green Bay, but... Needed to see more of that, and we didn't see more of that in the next week against the Eagles. They got curb stomped in Philadelphia. And since that loss, they've only lost once. The Dallas Cowboys came and got them and beat the tar out of them. And the Cowboys are your number one seed in the wild card right now, fifth seed overall, because they're two behind the Eagles, and they need the Eagles to lose one more time before Christmas. So when they face each other on Christmas weekend the Cowboys will have a chance to even the record in the division against the Eagles in their season series and maybe have enough tie breaks in other categories to surpass the Eagles atop the standings. The Bucks are 5-6. and six. We mentioned the 49ers moments ago leading the NFC West. I mean, 5-6 and six Buccaneers lead the NFC South because the Falcons are a half game behind them. And they've already lost to the Buccaneers. It looks as if Tom Brady will limp into the playoffs. Will it be his final season? We'll see how it all works out between now and the end of the season when we could see the Cowboys against the Bucs in a wild card round. And right now, as it currently stands, every team in the AFC, NFC East would be in the playoffs. Cowboys, <laughs> Giants, Commanders are your wild card teams. Has that ever happened? That hasn't, right? Uh, I think an entire division may have made it a long time ago. I don't know. I, uh, we'll look at that. The East, remember, was the powerhouse until the last, like, you know, But with every decade, team making so. the playoffs? I can't remember that. And there are the Seahawks. A lot of folks thought that they'd be right there with the Bears currently the, in the top Parkland five didn't. for the uh, – <laughs> for the picks top oh, picks yeah. in the draft, That's but the, the Seahawks have lost two in a row, as a matter of fact. They're beginning to lose a little bit of steam right now. So these are your standings currently right now. As we enter December football, we've played our last game in November. December football now beckons. First game of December football is Bills at Patriots. How big is that? Monster. How big is that? Bills have still yet to win a game in division. How big is that? How wild is that? So, yeah. Season starts now, as Parcells used to say. Got it. Now then. The MVP race. Let's talk about that right now. The most valuable player race in the National Football League. Now that we have December football upon us. 13 weeks into an 18-week regular season. How do things currently stand? One aspect of it coming into the season, I think, uh, Josh Allen was the consensus pick for MVP of the of the season. And he looked it for the first half. And the last few games, though, after losing to the Jets and hurting his arm in that process. Been a little different story. 
And one other thing that's changed, too, since the beginning of the season is the Associated Press, which is in charge of this process of collecting the votes for most valuable player, has decided to get with the times and rank the choices. What do I mean by that? In the previous year where they had 50 members of uh, the media and and uh, their process of choosing it, a little outmoded as well since I'll just grind the ax right here. I'm not allowed to have a vote because I'm an employee of the NFL as if I have not proven over 19 years of this business and eight years on this show that I say into this microphone what I believe and not a single soul in the NFL front office tells me what to say, nor would I parrot it. But for whatever reason, I can't have a vote as if I also don't watch every snap of football. Long story said, all right, I'm done with the axe grinding. Um, The members who are allowed to vote now, in previous years, they would just say, here's my MVP. And they would tally up who's got the most votes, and that's the person who wins it. In other sports, it would be, give us your top five. We'll assign a point total for wherever they stand in the top five. And then we'll add up, and whoever has the most points wins. So... Over the years, you've heard it so many times, Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson in all those years that they were making the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl, or in the case of Ben, Super Bowls, plural, um, that you always heard, never got a, a, a vote for MVP because you could only choose one. That's going to hold true this year, too. Well, Ben is retired and Russ is not going to get a vote. That's true. That's not going to change. Thank you for that, TJ. (laughs) Appreciate for that update. So now you're going to be able to hear who got a third place vote or a fourth place vote or a fifth place vote for MVP. And I kind of dig it. I like that. Just to model how it works. We do this normally on this program. Let's do it now for the first time, though. A ranked choice for MVP through the Thanksgiving Day weekend. And interestingly enough, it serves as a top five, which you know I like to do. Hit the music, Mike. Number five on this list is a non-quarterback, and I went back and forth. There's only two choices, I believe, for non-quarterbacks to be most valuable player in the NFL this year. One of them is Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. How amazing has this guy been? His latest performance 139 yards receiving against the team whose coach is known for taking away the one thing you like the best and helps your team win the most. Justin Jefferson did that against Belichick on a Thanksgiving night. But I see you're already reaching for your grease board, TJ Jefferson. You may hold it up. Number five on this list is Micah Parsons, who I believe is the defensive player of the year right now through the first 13 weeks. Micah Parsons is the MVP of the Dallas Cowboys. We could talk about Dak and Zeke and Pollard deuces or CD, all we want. (laughs) All we want. You take Micah Parsons away from this team, that's a different bunch. Don't ever think that. I know that. Never. The lion who once took this seat from me when I offered it to him within two seconds when he was on this program. He did. He's number five on this list. Number four on this list for me, can't believe I'm saying it, but it's the truth. It's Josh Allen. And he was my number one 
And there wasn't even a 1A, B, C, or D. There was nobody in his area code for most valuable player, in my mind, coming into the season. But he's still insanely valuable and obviously has that Mandalorian still in him where he shows this is the way. And if we see him once again get back in that mode of making the right decisions and winning with his arm and his legs and not being red zone careless with the football as we've seen he can still be the mvp of this league over the next six weeks we'll see what happens everywhere else certainly since there are two people who are above him on this list that a lot of folks still for whatever reason have a bit of the jury out on and let's start with the one who's got the most of the jury still out on him even though not on me Tua tungo vailoa is third on my list he's played like three games Tua tungo vailoa is number three on this list Every single game he started and completed, the Dolphins have won. And I, I I say that that way because we all know he did not complete the game that he started in Cincinnati. You have your list. I've got mine. We'll compare them in a second. Because you guys are going to have your list, and we'll see who who, who rank. You know, we'll, we'll sign him points, and we'll come out with a, a final list here from the show. I'm giving you guys the same amount of vote as I am. But I'm going one by one right here. Tua Tungo Vailoa has been dynamite. He has been elite. He has been terrific. And without him, the Dolphins are not 8-3. and three. It's that simple. He's been awesome. Number two on the list is Jalen Hurts. He's got the most wins, I understand. And he is the heartbeat of this team. He is the absolute heartbeat of the team that can protect him and blow open the holes for him and the rest of the running game that complements him. And then what he does in that locker room, talk about value. Talk about value. And he is now uh, one in the same with the Philadelphia Eagles as far as I'm concerned. We're going to see him there for a long time. And he deserves it. Number one is Mahomes. Give it to him. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it like, because he's already he's already gotten that that treatment that we saw that, you know, uh, Brady's gotten and Phil Jackson and Bill Belichick have gotten in their careers where it's just like you just assume he's valuable. He's great. Why give him the award? Let's give it to somebody else who's got a better story or somebody new. How about this story? Let's take the guy who takes the de- the, uh, the defense off from the top. Let's take him off the team. Let's get him out and let's get you doing something completely different offensively. You do have your all-world tight end with Travis Kelsey. But what he's done this year so far, he's been dynamite. He has been unbelievable. And he still has that Terminator in him where you just know there's too much time left on the clock for him. He's my MVP candidate. Number one. And scene. There's my list. Oh, it's a nice photograph. I like that. Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Allen, Micah, Parsons. So that would mean Mahomes gets five points, Hurts, four, Tua, three, Allen, two, Micah, one. And you guys put in your lists as well, correct? Correct. All right. Correct. Let's put them up on the screen right here, and we'll add them up together and have a nice long first segment to start our program here tonight. Okay. Why not? So, uh, Brockman, you have your list right over there? Yeah, Rich, there? I'm with you on – I'm with you. I'll go right in order. I'm with you on Mahomes and Hurts, one and two. I think there's no uh, disputing that right now. Uh, I got Justin Jefferson, number three. Look, okay. Minnesota's got the second most wins in the NFL – and without him, clearly they do not have any of those wins. So I got him three. 
Micah Parsons is going to be your defensive player of the year. He's a monster favorite in Vegas. And without him, the Cowboys aren't anywhere near where they are right now. And then Josh Allen, uh, he's, he's slipped a little bit, but he's still super valuable. And what's sneaky, Rich, is like if he has like 404 touchdowns on Thursday and say Bengals beat the Chiefs yeah, and, and the Titans beat the Eagles, suddenly now Josh Allen is back in the mix for MVP. But I got him number five right now. I totally agree with you that there's a path to the basket for him, no question about it. What do you got over there, T.J. Jefferson? Your 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 MVP list? Well, it's weird. I haven't done a top five in a while. Let's see if I still got this. Uh, I got Josh Allen coming in at number five. Okay, he was everyone's front runner, like you said. It doesn't mean he's not great. No, just maybe not the MVP. Sure. I got the cheetah, Tyreek Hill at number four because we talk about you know changing culture. I think maybe that's what he went in there and, and did in Miami, kind of made sure. them say things with their chest. I got Micah Parsons coming at three. I really wanted him at number one because I'm really sick of this being a quarterback-only award. And I understand but you. I was told when I got here that we had to do this in a certain format. So I ah. put him I put him at number three, but you really he's my number one. I told you anything. You could have been to him number one. You told did, you thing. I had a meeting before, and I was told that we're doing it. Anyway, it right? doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts, <laughs> I got him at two, and I got Mahomes at one just because they're going to give it to a quarterback anyway. And that, you that's what's what so frustrating. Your list. To, I'm just saying, that's what's frustrating about the, this MVP award. If you're not a quarterback, you're not going to win it. Well, I mean, that's but the most valuable position in the league is is the quarterback spot. I mean, if you don't have one and you don't have one that can compete with an MVP type quarterback, you don't you don't win in the league. It's just that simple. So I I I I totally understand why you would rail against the system in that respect. Well, but, I'm raging, you know. Okay, first so, Twitter so, now this. <laughs> uh, Mike Hoskins, our producer, uh, coordinating producer. Um, he he actually is he's the AP of this process. He tallied all the votes. Plus, I'm more verbal than math anyway. I couldn't do this off the top of my head right now while I'm hosting. Put it up on the screen. So here's the final list. Mahomes is the MVP uh, with 15 points. He's number one on all of our ballots. Hertz is. Two Parsons finishes third, Josh Allen fourth, and we have a tie at fifth because I put Tua at three, and Justin Jefferson was your third. There yeah, you go. I put Justin Jefferson. Okay, so there's your list. Also receiving votes. I like that. Tyreek Hill <laughs> at the bottom right there. Well done, Hoskins. I like and that. Also receiving votes. I almost put so Tyreek our- Hill instead of Josh Allen. Well, I would have affected some of the finish right here, but yeah. it wouldn't have affected eventually who we have as one and two. So Mahomes is gonna. Show up at the NFL honors and take that trophy, according to us. Yeah, the right desert now. agrees with us too, Rich. Mahomes is your favorite. He's minus money. Jalen Hurts is three to one. Two is five to one, actually. Josh Allen, ten to one. We'd love to know what you think. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. Call us up. Tell us what you got. What you think we did wrong. We're always up for it. Uh, Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports is going to join us in studio, top of hour number two, to talk about the final week of college football leading into. The college football playoffs. We've got conference championships coming up this week. Tonight's the night that the playoff committee spits out its decision on who's in right now and who will be in first position to get in if somebody, you know, stumbles. It'll be an interesting thought process. We'll give our two cents on that subject before Bruce Feldman comes in. A guy who's now back in college, Matt Rule, will be joining us top of hour number three. And Shuda, Chris McDonald in studio hour number three. And then, as I said, there's you. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Off and running here on this Tuesday edition. Let's go. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly. 
Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Okay. Chris Brockman's getting all salty because the United States hasn't scored enough World Cup <laughs> goals for him. And um, look, coming into this one goal tournament, come on. If you told the United States before playing Wales, you're playing the results. I don't like that. I'm not playing the results. If you told, because it's the reality of it. If you told any diehard U.S. MNT fan, all you got to do is beat Iran, win, can't tie, win. And you're through. Would you sign that piece of paper? Before taking on Wales and England, the answer is absolutely you would. Absolutely. So the United States is in that position. Let's see what happens. I like their moxie. Okay? Score some goals. See what happens. You didn't think Michigan would score all those points, did you? I did not. Okay? (laughs) And it would be better for the show if the United States wins, right? (laughs) It is the same thing. How dare you? I'm just here for the extra time. How dare you? It is the same thing. It is the same thing. Hey, Give me the extra time. Oh, you, you know what? I, I know somebody who'll break the tie on this. Jeff in Detroit. It is the same thing, right, Jeff? Yeah. It is the same thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Listen, uh, I really... Hold on one second. I honestly was driving. I didn't hear the conversation. So <laughs> no, it's okay. I was waiting on you guys to bring me in. What's up, though? How are you, sir? What's on your mind? I'm wonderful. What up, I am wonderful. How's everything with you guys? Oh, my goodness. So, are you kidding me? Uh, really? I Listen. Mean, yeah. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. What does your mother as a former teacher and the Michigan Wolverines both have in common? Mm, okay. What do you Making got? Making kids leave out of the venue in a quiet and orderly fashion, my mm, man. Thank you. Listen, that is the 
best thing in the world. We wait all year for this. Haven't won in a horseshoe since 2000. And me seeing you yesterday, I, I, a little tear came to my eye. When you were on air and you just went in, and then seeing the Jets win on top of that, man, watching Joyful Uncle Rich, the only thing that was missing was I was waiting on you to grab both sides of your shirt yes. and split it open and have a Michigan M right on up underneath <laughs> like Superman, baby. Honestly. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. I wish their lines had won. I know that uh, our, our CP, uh, Mike Hoskins, enjoyed the Bills win, but – uh, I, I, the Lions had it right there, man, on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, my had goodness. It, right there. it was a jive turkey. Got a, the drive turkeys <laughs> got away, man. It just and, and, and for me, what I'm seeing is Dan Campbell is the coach. He is the man because it's a different – it's honestly a different feeling. And also, one other thing, Rich. Mm-hmm. I happened to be up on the campus yesterday of U of M. Ah. Jubilant is even – isn't even the word that I would use. You were getting high fives from all over the place, man. It just was a beautiful day. It was like the sun just cracked open. Yeah. People were smiling. Just, oh, my goodness. I love it. Yeah. Campus of U of M was beautiful. The sun is maize and the sky is blue. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Greatly appreciate it. Tonight's a big night. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to do tonight what I did last year. Which was? Hit that button in the elevator that says penthouse. Go straight to the top. Going to see George and Wheezy? Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. I'm going straight to the top, and I'm just going to watch ESPN and see what the college football playoff committee has in store for my team. <laughs> That's what happened last year. It's great. It's now a tradition in the household. Sit down. Tuesday after beating Ohio State by putting 40 on them. Sit down and see what we got in store. Two years makes a tradition. Oh, yes, it does. I think it does, actually. Yes, it There's does. Be more than one Remember year, Remember last right? year, I'm like, I didn't know what it felt like. I felt like Costanza walking into that yeah. spot where there are models all over the place. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great, uh, great bar. Right? Unfortunately, Georgia turned it back into what Costanza walked in at the end of that Seinfeld episode. But it was still great to be there while it lasted. And um, so we'll see what happens. And it's going to be important what the college football playoff committee thinks. Georgia's been number one all year long, Correct. They have. I think, I think Tennessee was number one during the first one. Correct. They're, and then Georgia yeah, there since after, got yeah. back in there after you know, stomping all over Tennessee in a way that down. Alabama did not, could not. So the question is, is how much does the college football playoff committee value the Ohio State University? This is actually the question of the night, right? How much does this playoff committee value the Ohio State University, not in terms of just a football program that can win it all, but also of a uh, an interest in seeing them in it or having a shot to be in it after what we just saw in the horseshoe on Saturday. Because if the college football playoff committee values Ohio State that highly, you know, being ranked two before getting beaten by 22 at home, um, then Michigan might leapfrog Georgia, right? And one would think Ohio State will be either five or six. Let's see if they value them. If, say, Michigan stays at two, Georgia's at one. Do they put Alabama in front of Ohio State with its two losses being by a combined Four points at Tennessee, where we all know Tennessee won on a last-second field goal. And once the ball 
went through the uprights. The folks yanked the uprights out of the ground and threw it in the river. It's still floating. And then <laughs> Alabama lost at LSU when Brian Kelly said, I'm going for two. And won it on the spot. That's the two losses for Alabama. Do they sit here and say Alabama is that good still with its two losses? Is Alabama maybe of more interest nationally for people to see than the Ohio State team that just lost by 22? Yes. What? I mean, they're you don't have a dog you don't have a dog in this car but yes they're way more interesting like would you rather see alabama take on georgia again or michigan well they haven't played this year but yes i know they haven't played this year that's the whole thing is because again the sec doesn't make that happen every year in the same way the big 10 All makes right. it happen for michigan with ohio state try to be, Penn state try and to michigan be partial state. during this conversation no i'm being partial you're, you're, i mean you're not though but i I am being partial. The Big Ten doesn't make Ohio State and Michigan play each other. Yes, they do. Every year. It's on the schedule. They make up the schedule, and it's on the schedule every year. So, <laughs> they do. Right. So, it's they, on the schedule they, every they year. They could not schedule it. That's true. And we would all be wondering, what gives? In the same way I, as a Big Ten fan, ask that question every year. What do you mean Alabama and Georgia don't play every year? They're not in the same division. Got it. I mean, I don't know why this is hard for understanding. So, I don't know why they're in different divisions then. So... <laughs> This, of course, is all predicated on USC not cashing in its ticket in the Pac-12 championship game against Utah, which is the only team to have beaten USC to this point, a three-point victory for the Utes. One. One point. One point. Pardon me. I thought it was three. Yeah, they went for two. That's right. My bad. One point victory. So there's all of that. What does the college football committee value? And the Ohio State is the linchpin. How much of their, I guess, I'm choosing my words carefully so I don't get this guy saying I'm being biased. How much of their worth do they value their number two status that Michigan punked or their number two status allows them as Kevin Warren would say to show up at four what if the college football committee just says you'd only lose two spots USC has to win to get in and if USC loses they've already made their decision Alabama sorry you're out what if they just make that decision tonight and pull the plug on for the Crimson Tide tonight. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll put USC in at four. Yeah, basically, basically at, saying, USC, you're in as long as you take care of business. I would. I, I think it will be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and then USC. You're four. You take care of business. You are in. And just tell all the Buckeye fans and Kevin Warren, it's over yeah. if USC wins. And the question is, where do you put it five? And can they switch five and six after... Well, we thought about it a week later, and we're still putting Alabama in anyway. Is that possible? These are the things I want to ask Bruce Feldman it when also he joins gets, in 20 it minutes. It also gets super hairy. Like, what if K-State upsets TCU? That's only a field goal game That's right true now. That's true, too. Kansas State has been tough all year long. I've already pissed off Stone Street enough. The fact I haven't mentioned them, and, and you had to mention them in, uh, anyway. I'm That's just possible. saying that's a real possibility. That's true. Kurt Warner's son is on the team. Cade's on that team. Because if that happens... Kurt's going to the game, by the way. He'll be there. The if that happens, yes. I mean, 
if, if Utah, let's let's just say complete chaos scenario, right? Utah wins, Kansas State wins. Right, exactly. Then I think uh, the and Ohio State Alabama and Ohio State are in. Yes. Do you think the college football committee wants all blue bloods like that? I think so. I mean, that's not going to suck. I mean, look, not having USC is kind of a bummer because, like, they've been a great story this year. They're, right. They're, quote, unquote, back, you know? Let's just say if that happens, I think you would see um, – you would see Alabama take on Michigan and USC take on Georgia just to separate everybody, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. And then there's this opportunity as well. USC has a chance to win it all right now for sure. They're two wins away against Utah and then whoever they would place play in the national semifinal from playing for the championship in SoFi just like the Rams did. The only difference is the only difference in that scenario would be the likelihood of USC taking on a team from Ohio for the championship is very low. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I told you the day after is better than the next and the next is better than the day before. It's so great. Well, I need to get the. I don't think there's gonna be a team from Ohio of next year's game. TJ, just hold on. Oh. the actual date of next what, yeah, year's what is that game. date? Just so we know. Saturday, November 18th. So we have. No, that's early. That'll be early. That's, that's probably. The, that's what it says. Really? No kidding. That sounds early. It's usually very early. It's usually the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. It's probably the 25th. You're right. Saturday 25th. Yeah. My bad. Okay. Saturday the 25th. That's fine. Peg it. So we're 361 days. Oh, it's great. I got a lot of time to talk. Of course, Ohio State fans are like, just you wait. We're going to get in the college football playoff, and we're going to face you again, and we'll beat you, and and it'll totally reverse the fortune. If that happens, (laughs) okay. I I, I don't know. You had a good two-year run. Dude. Uh, Again, TCU and USC both have to lose. I don't know about that. Uh, If USC loses, I think, again, that's that's why that – where they place Michigan – they can't place Michigan at one and Ohio State six because they would value the win over Ohio State so much. Or I, I guess they can do that. I guess they can. Boy, if they place Michigan one and Ohio State six, that would just like that would just put the stamp on that win. All right, let's take a break here. Let us take a break. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Bruce Feldman will join us from Fox Sports. I can't wait to chop this up with him. What he thinks is happening. And then, of course, what is going on with Dion? Is he going to Colorado or what? Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So we just mentioned USC's chances of making the college football playoffs. Mentioned the name Lincoln Riley. And to the publicist of the stars sitting there in Century City, uh, California, uh, who's a diehard Oklahoma fan, Zach from Century City, that's like, that's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. <laughs> just mentioning the name Lincoln Riley, certainly trying to make a college football playoff with a quarterback that uh, he took from Oklahoma as well. Not interesting. Caleb Williams is just like, oh, I've got a chance to play wherever. I'll just go where Lincoln Riley's going. Great idea. It worked. So we talked about it, and now on the Rich Eisen Show is Zach from Century City. Uh, long-time listener, long-time caller, I know. What's up, Zach? What, what, do, what, do, what are you getting off your chest about this now? What do you got? Hey, Rich, I just wanted to be amongst the first to congratulate Lincoln Riley on beating his second-ranked team this year. <laughs> very, very good for him. Not bitter at all. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, so you, what, what, what do you say? What do you, th- th- I mean, they win, they're in, though. You got to give them well, that, Zach. Right? They, they beat Utah. Really they're in. True. I mean, yeah, they buzzed straight through the powerhouse Pac-12 conference. Mm, so, Rich, yes. several years ago, when Oklahoma got beat by Alabama with Kyler Murray, I remember the week that they played Texas in the Big 12 championship game. I was in the shower and I was saying to myself, "Hmm, how can I help the Sooners get in?" And I realized mm. that Oklahoma was 11 and one. And had they beaten, would they, if they beat Texas in the Big 12 game, mm-hmm. they would have beaten every team on their schedule. And no team has ever not made the college football playoff who has beaten every team on their schedule. So I called my friends over at Oklahoma, and we were able to get that over to Lincoln Riley, mm-hmm. and we were able to get it over to several other people at uh, ESPN. And in his postgame press conference, he stated that we have a great case because we beat every team on their schedule, on our schedule. And I guarantee you that that snake oil salesman <laughs> will do that again on Friday night should they beat the devastating powerhouse that is Utah wow. to try to get back into the game. So you, being a publicist of the stars, came up with that concept of beating every team on your schedule when you have a second shot at beating the only team that's already beaten you, and he used it to success against Texas when he was with Oklahoma, and he's got this thing to just dust off, you know, blow the dust off of that uh, that phrase, that concept you forwarded to him and planted. Look at you planting with media. You're saying he's going to do that. He's going to do that Friday night if if they beat Utah and say we should be in because we'll have beaten every single team on our schedule. That's what you say. I would say. I will say that we have. He will. He will hedge because obviously, if they're in, there's no. There's no fifth team this year. But he will graciously let everybody know that they have beaten everybody on their schedule. But the Ohio State thinks they're a fifth team. They only lost to the the, the best team in the country, according to them. That's Come on, We're talking about football teams here, Rich. I like Not it. Talking about programs. See, this is why. He is in charge of my image. Well done, Zach. Thank you, sir. Greatly appreciate it. That's Zach, that's Zach, publicist to the stars.
It's a it's it's a pretty compelling case though. It's, it's like we're not undefeated, but we also beat every team on our schedule. You know, hmm. that's it's it's like it's like undefeated light, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Less cal still undefeated, not undefeated, but it's 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 less calories than uh, than than losing to one team on your schedule. They beat Utah. They're in. I don't think you need to pound a table about anything. No question. Beat Utah, they're in. The thing is, they're going to have the Heisman Trophy. You're not going to keep the Heisman Trophy winner out of the Final Four when you win your conference. So let's just say if there's a team you don't want to see in the college football playoff because you'd like to see their current state of misery stay as miserable as they are. <laughs> just plucking that concept out of thin air just just out of nowhere <laughs> you're rooting for TCU against Kansas State and USC against Utah yeah because if those absolutely. teams win it's a wrap wrap one of them loses it opens the door for a team currently feeling miserable having an opportunity to redeem their misery right both Kansas State and Utah win well then then you got blue blood all over the place. We got uh, right. We also have a a pretty fun and compelling final four. How about this? But let's maybe say less deserving. Let's say it is that Kansas State and Utah winning are is totally feasible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not even a dumb and dumber chance. It's not even dumb. It's absolutely. it's a smart absolutely. thought. Absolutely. Okay. So what? Do you think the college football playoff committee would then go Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, so it is SEC versus Big Ten championship oh, that's game? Fun. Guaranteed. Yeah, sure, sure. Two diehard rivalries going at it. One you've just seen play out. Another one you haven't seen play out this year, but you've seen play out way too many times in previous years. Guaranteeing you it's not a conference championship for the championship. Yeah, why not? Would you prefer that, or would you prefer mixing it up? Uh, Michigan, Alabama, I would prefer, Georgia, Ohio State. Man, it's tough because we just saw Ohio State, Michigan, and it was they, and it wasn't even a game, right? It was a game that for was, a half. It was, it was a no, really, actually really it was a game good. when it was thirty-one twenty-three. Really no, no, when it was half. thirty-one twenty-three, and the Michigan was about to hand the ball off to Donovan Edwards, I was I was still very uh, yeah pins and needles. Still thought, eh. of course, it's an eight-point game. Are yeah. you kidding me? I think this is a fun way to do it. Yeah, for sure. What? You 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 have conference yeah, yeah. semifinals right. for the championship game. Yeah, Georgia 1, Alabama 4, Ohio State, Michigan 2-3. Okay. We'll all see what happens tonight. First guest up tomorrow to talk about it, Desmond Howard. He's on this program tomorrow. He's the one who apparently, according to, because uh, I didn't see the show, because as you know, I, I, well, I'll talk about this in a second. Desmond Howard is going to be on our program on Wednesday. Coming up is Bruce Feldman from The Athletic and Fox Sports. So much to talk about with him. Hugh Freeze is in the SEC again. How the hell does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> 